Welcome back to the Hoops Temple Podcast. You all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Joining me from Sacramento, Aaron Schroeder. Good to see you guys. Good morning. And joining us somewhere on the Eastern Seaboard, or Eastern Time Zone at least, Chris Driscoll, a.k.a. All-American Hooper on TikTok. How we doing, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Doing good. Doing good. Chris, it seems like you share a fellow passion and that we all have of uh, deliberating the annals of NBA history, trying to rank players who died or whose careers died before we were born. You've pr- done a top 100. How was that? It was a lot of fun, actually. Um, literally, since I was probably like seven or eight years old, I've I've been a sports nerd, just, just like all of us. Um, I'm constantly making lists of everything. Mainly started off with baseball, but... Yeah, yeah, pretty much any family party that I that I go to, and anyone would always ask me like what list I'm making. So making this specific one, one top 100 list felt like a felt like a great experience. Good. And before I say anything, because our lists are fairly different, we're going to argue, we're going to debate a little bit. I do just always want to say that. that making the top 100 is like one of the best things you could do. Going through trying to figure out these arguments. Um, I was listening to a Player's Choice pod the other day because they had my boy Hoop Social Ori on there, and uh, there's a guy that comes on for his top 10. He's like um uh let me let me think and like i'm like man you didn't even have a top 10 prepared like come on let's weigh the arguments let's go through this so like no matter what you're already ahead of that but i just want to start off with saying what the fuck is up with larry bird at number four get this celtics homer <laughs> bullshit out of here nate's a I mean, horrible yeah, lakers <laughs> fan awful lakers fan you're in you're in for a tough ride i give him so I'm... much garbage every podcast for his celtics hate he denies it to the core says he doesn't have that kind of bias but we're going to have to talk about the bird at four. And me and Nate made our list together. We'll try not just to gang up on you so much. I think you caught us at a good time. We've been kind of talking about moving some guys around. And we're definitely, I think, less stuck in our ways than we have been in the past. When I'm sure we finished the top 200. We were like, this is the greatest list ever made. And no one else could ever make something better than this. <laughs> um, so we're, we're, a little, uh, we're in a place of transition. So we're curious to hear uh, what you got. Absolutely. So... Yes, I will admit there is some Celtics bias in in, in part of these lists. Let's get that part of the way. But however, I will also every single every single placement does have an argument, and I and I will and, and I will and I will make that argument. So the fact of the matter is, with Larry Bird, I think that at his peak, I think that he is. So like both of our lists are peak over longevity. Um, that's that's one thing we know, and I mm-hmm. think that Larry Bird's peak is, is one of the best peaks of all of all time. Um, the fact of the matter is, he repeated it in. Repeated with with the MVP race, he has the fourth most MVP votes of all time. Was I think four second place finishes, and and he, even though like obviously there's the there's the case of like Shaq and Magic and Duncan having the higher peaks, I do think that the, the fact of the matter is both in a big game like Bird t- takes over in big games like very rarely came up short even if it was even if he didn't end end up winning the game, and also just the factor between results and also the fact that. I also think he's one of the one of the more talented players of all time. Not even for his era, just because offensively he was the best shooter sh- shooter at the time. You could debatably you could debate that he was the best three point shooter of all time at the time, just because it was like a brand new thing. He was second best passer of his era behind Magic and the best non rebounding big. So the, if you combine everything with his MVP results, his rings, his his abilities, like as I mentioned, he's probably like the best. Non-passing big, non-passing guard of all time. Besides, I think it's between him and LeBron, and then the best non-big rebounder of all time. I think it's pretty hard to keep Bird outside of, outside of the top five in that sense. You can't you can't deny the 
the peak. He has his three, he has the three MVPs. He has that going for him. I fell short in my eyes for Burke because I had him at five, like when I first did my list, and he's 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 shuffled down for a while now. But the first thing is, well, we don't value longevity compared to the other like top ten guys. It is pretty brief, nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty to eighty. And then the three rings are just a little bit short of the other guys in that area. And there are just some more bad playoff moments than other ones, like the 83 series versus Milwaukee or the 82 series versus Philly, um, where he does come up short. I, I think um, that's why I have magic over him, really. It's just when people ask me that, my response is he's, he's better in the playoffs. He just is. And that's with Tragic Johnson. Although I do want to say, my, my initial Celtics question, I, I'm playing into Aaron's uh character of me as a Celtics hater. <laughs> I'm just surprised to see Bird over Bill Russell within a Celtics fandom base because to me, what I'm looking at is Bill is the consummate winner. Bill gets you 11 rings. Bill also dominates in a way that I don't think anyone else really does in the fact that he leads the number one defense for what is it, 12 years? Uh, I know he slips one time to the second best defense, which like, ah oh man, had an off year. He could only muster up the second greatest defense since in the league. Yeah. So not only is it tough to rank up to rank the, some of the older guys all time, it's also very tough to rank Bill Russell specifically, just because even though the sophisticated basketball mind acknowledges that Bill's impact goes well beyond the box score numbers, it's just really tough tough to determine how do you rank someone who only averaged fifteen point, points a game and someone who like never averaged over eighteen points a game in the like like th- throughout the regular season? Yes, it's it's there's obviously a much bigger picture than that, which which is why he is objectively a top ten player and really should like and, and where I have him at number six, I think that's the lowest you can really have him. He's just a very very tough player to rank, and maybe six is a, is a little too maybe I'm putting him at six a little too a tad too low, but I think that. I think it's the right spot for him just because like, we don't know how great of a scorer he like he really was. Like he he obviously did have some games where, where he popped up, but it definitely wasn't as consistent as some of the other guys. I'll admit, me and Nate are out of our minds. <laughs> I'll admit that we're in, like we we we, we are in a mad. We're in a, no, but we're right. Like I'll, I'll I always have had Russell at four, even before like me and Nate started doing stuff. But um, no, it's me and him or an echo chamber. But Russell, like um, we're we're always been super into that. And in the, in the response to the scoring stuff, I've always said like weaknesses only really matter when they affect your team's ability to win. And clearly, that doesn't really have an effect. Um, he led a finals in the scoring. Like he has play, he has playoff runs where he's the top top um the leader in assists um in in um in the NBA for the Celtics. So there's an offensive impact, and clearly, it doesn't really harm him so much. Right. The rest of our top 10 is fairly similar. I think we actually ended up with the exact same players in the top 10. That's Jordan, LeBron, Jabbar, Bird, Magic, Russell, Duncan, Shaq, Kobe, Curry, which means we left out a couple of people's favorites, Wilt and Hakeem. What was your thought process in leaving out both Wilt and Hakeem? When I made this list last year, so I made a top 75 last year and then I expanded to the top 100 this year, I actually had Wilt at number six. And if I'm being honest, both you guys actually probably were a heavy impact on, on moving Wilt down a few spots because obviously oh, no one yeah. is <laughs> no one's saying that any that anyone could could score 100 like anyone score, can score 100 points if you get, if you're put in Wilt's situation like no no one's saying that does his does his scoring volume and does his um, even rebounding volume at the same time does that convert to wins and there's a ton of evidence that says it doesn't including the fact that once Wilt I don't want to say he didn't really take it back. So he just gives like he stole the ball in his hands, but he just started pressing more. They started to win more. Maybe if he did that, did that early, early in his career, maybe he would have stolen a couple of Russell's rings. 
including the what year was it was this was it the 62 finals where where like it was like a game seven and they lost by like five points or whatever they were like was it it was very close Maybe yeah, 62 conference finals or something what have been? yeah 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 so, yeah, but so like maybe maybe if, if Russell plays plays the way he, sorry no sorry maybe what plays the the way he did later in his career as he did earlier maybe he wins a couple more rings then he's a top five player because anyone with those numbers and has a couple more rings they're obviously going to be in the, in the discussion just the just the fact that his numbers didn't always convert to wins as far as it goes for Hakeem I have yeah I have a very similar problem as you guys have because even though his his peak was very high he is. Probably the best two-way big of all time, debatably the best two-way player of all time. But as high as his peak was, like I feel like his peak didn't have enough longevity. Like people like to put him in top five discussions and even discussions with like Sha- with like Shaq because he outplayed him in the, in the finals. I just don't really see it because obviously he has he has his moments, but only one MVP and then only two only two finals and finals MVPs, which which just so happened to be when the best player of all time was was out of the league. Am I saying that the Bulls definitely would have beaten the Rockets? I'm not saying that at all. I think the Rockets actually might have beaten the Bulls, but but there's just too many. Uh, there's like too many great pieces in there for me to put Hakeem in the top ten. Yeah, it's it's really hard. The fact that that's the only good couple of years that we get from Hakeem is that '93 to like '96, and he loses in '93 and he loses in '96. Then '94, '95 is is the Jordan absence, and like. Hey, someone had to win it. And so that in my mind gives him the edge over or the other guys gives him the edge over Robinson over Barkley for the top five or the top uh, number two of the nineties. But like that doesn't conflate him in the same stratosphere as someone like Shaq who gets the three straight against a intact NBA. You also got the expansion years. I forget who it was. It might've been Slim Dookie. He questioned about why Jordan beats so many 50 win teams um, and he attributes it to the expansion teams. I need to look that look into that further. But the idea that a lot of these teams are racking up wins, so you've got more 50-win teams during this time because you've got a lot of really bad teams. And so it just kind of inflates everything from that early 90s era. The era tax is just always an interesting conversation of like, for sure, the NBA gets gets better, but like each of the eras has something weird that you can look at. And if you want to discredit any particular era, you can find it. With Akeem... You mentioned earlier about Bird. He has the three MVPs. He has like the four or five second place MVP finishes. Like that kind of consistency at the top of the league is what we're looking for when you're talking in the top 10 or, in, or into the top five. And Hakeem right. just doesn't have that kind of a, that kind of peak. Because really like peak when you get to this point isn't like just the top of the mountain. It's like this plateau of crazy level play that Hakeem gets to for a bit but not as long as some other guys. And note on on Will, you talked about his scoring not translating to wins. I've been on a, I posted one video and I left it alone or two videos about how Will probably wasn't that great on defense either because he didn't foul anybody. How, where are we? We're on, where are we with that? Am I out of my mind? Um, He could defend the rim. Honestly, I, really I know he could do that, but he never fouled out once. There's just no way. There's no way that he's playing like 100% effort, contesting every shot he can. And like not accidentally like hitting someone in the wrist like a couple times. I honestly don't look at fouls as a as a stat. Um, that, like as weird as that sounds, like obviously fouls is a thing, but like mm-hmm. but like when I'm evaluating players, I it's not a huge thing. It's it's an interesting thing to kind of think about and consider. It is, yeah, sure. He has one. It's a one point six fouls per thirty six minutes. Like what's he? What? There's no way he's like the. There's just no way that he's uh he's in the right position at the right time and just racking up so few fouls. Yeah, like he was almost, you know, it almost feels like he was like maybe roaming. Um, 
along there and, and then like just for when the ball comes comes inside you know, that's when he blocked it but yeah i'm not i'm not really sure because yeah like i'd, I'd had to look at how much how many fouls other of the all-time greats greats average i don't know how much hakeem average i don't know how much Shaq averaged or any Shaq's of those guys like so, three yeah. and a half hakeem's up there i know russell is only like like two like two and a half maybe 2.3 or something okay. so it's not very it's not a crazy amount but you think about it like when the gap is like one like one and a half to four i guess like most of the right. fouls you'll average is one and a half to two and a half is, is kind of a big jump but anyways that's my right. my new hakeem new hakeem slander hot off the press come and get it <laughs> not hakeem you slander will slander will slander, slander my bad fair enough all right well let's move outside of the top 10 and tw- top 20 even a little bit because I, our lists are really not that different and to discuss this in there and i want to get down to that 20 to 30 range because you've got a couple a very traditional picks that we strongly disagree with in that 20 right. to 30 range. You have Isaiah Thomas at 22 and David Robinson at 24. Make sense of that. So um, I obviously watched the video that, that you posted on my take on Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, you made, you made some good points, but I also feel like um, there were just a couple things in that video that you left out. Um, I can make a video and, and, and talk about all the, all the parts of the negative of his career and then make them make it seem like they were lower too. So, but as far as it goes for Isaiah, um, it's mentioned often that he has a pretty stacked team, and he had a very good team. I, I don't, I wouldn't consider it stacked at all, simply because like the, he didn't have one single original top top fifty player on the team. He had one top seventy five player, and that was Dennis Rodman, which I know both of you guys are, are much lower on Rodman mm. th- than most. And if I'm not mistaken, as well, I'm pretty sure that I ranked jo- Joe Dumars much higher than um, than you guys did as well. So. Um, too much. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know the gap, but like I do, I did have my. It's a good amount. Like, I haven't. It's uh, twenty three spots above, which is the which is the, I think the sixth most, six, the sixth biggest difference in terms yeah, of what yeah, he, so. who he was higher on. Yeah, which we, yeah, we, yeah, we can talk about like the that as well later. But so as much, yeah, like as, as much as like little as you could say that Isaiah sacrificed. I think the fact of the matter is he did what it t- what it took to win, and even though he did have his play, his fair share of playoff stinkers, he had. Chest has as many moments of going in above and beyond. Yes, his regular season accolades aren't great. Yes, he wasn't an elite scorer in the regular season. But when he needed to score, he scored. Like I think I have it written down here in front of me. Um, what was it? 1984, he averaged 30. He scored 35 and 12 in an elimination game against the Knicks. He um, scored 37, 12, and 9 in 1985 um, against the Celtics, I think. Averaged 26, 6, and 11. I think it was game game four against the Hawks in 1986. He had 30, uh, 30 12, and 10. Even though, yes, he does have his fair share of stinkers where he was very inefficient. Um, I feel like he, like his playmaking, his playmaking level was always elite. And when when he needed to score, he he would score. And I know that blindly saying he beat prime prime uh, Magic, prime Bird, and prime Jordan is, is is pretty misleading. But but when but when you do look at the full picture and and you are going going up against the best of the best at, at their peaks, when he beat some of those guys, it was kind of towards the end of their peaks. But I think that I think that stuff kind of matters like, when ranking Isaiah. Yeah. You read stats from 84, 85, and 86. When yeah. did Isaiah win? Hmm? When did Isaiah win? Yeah. 89 and 90. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know, he's, he's on the decline. And, and like, that's that's one of the things is we look at is Isaiah when he's when he's as prime. He's he's not as uh, like, hey, yeah, that's that's peak Isaiah. I, peak Isaiah yeah. is 84 through 86. I think we're pretty generous. But um, I think, yeah. And like to speak to that depth in what is it ninety? We have the expansion. Was it the Minnesota Timberwolves? Uh, they take Rick Mahorn because Rick Mahorn is the is the ninth guy for the Pistons, and they just can't protect Rick Mahorn. Rick Mahorn goes on to be All Defensive Team 
him that year. Rick Mahorn starts uh, not for Minnesota. They end up trading him because he's like, fuck that. I'm not going to Minnesota. <laughs> Detroit is cold enough. I do not want to go even further. Um, and, and so like they had this just incredible wealth of depth in the this front court. And the front court is really what wins it for them. So that's that's why I knock Isaiah down. Um, what What is your takes on David Robinson? Can I comment on Zeke really quickly? Before no. We... Yeah, go awesome. Thank go you. <laughs> it's similar to what Nate said. I think maybe looking for like top 50 and top 75 teammates might be a little a little misleading and just maybe looking for the wrong things. He he had the best defense in the league or the, this massive defensive front court, and he has Joe Dumars. And Dumars is the guard making all NBA teams during these championship runs. It's, it's not Thomas. And I think had many had Jason Kidd or Steve Nash or Chris Paul or a lot of people been able to reduce their role down to that, then you see those championships come in. But those guys were asked to do much more. Um, having him at 38, I feel feels about right. Um, he's, he's right below Steve Nash and above Jason Kidd, and he doesn't have close to the, the regular season standing like those guys do. So I think we're, we're bumping him up considerably even given that. Yeah, like yeah, those are good points, but but I also feel like um, you also have, have guys like James Harden and Chris Paul like, like, like well ahead of him. Yeah. And I do think that, that their playoff um, droppings are sometimes a little blown, blown out of proportion, but I just don't ever see a picture where James Harden or Chris Paul would have ever – just just popped to score to score for, for Chris Paul did it in the finals. Granted, like for, for those couple like one or two games against Milwaukee, but those couple of years at the end, like I just don't don't ever see that see that happening because of like just because he he was both scoring and playmaking at an elite level later at his peak, which. I don't. I don't know. Like, like maybe maybe twenty two is, is a little too high, but um, but I, I also think that the fact that Isaiah was the only elite offense player on his team that, that also gives him a few extra points for me. I mean, just think about it. You think about it. Come back to us. I, I I do love Isaiah because, like, in terms of point guards, like there's such an art in less almost in like not having to be the guy and be like, I'm going to get 20 and I'm going to get all my teammates involved. And it's going to be awesome. Life is going to be good. That's really hard to do. Right. So I obviously respect Isaiah in that sense, but go ahead right. on the David Robinson thing. Um, I'm Wait. a certified David Robinson hater. Nate, go ahead. I got I got one more thing on uh, <laughs> with Isaiah because although he doesn't have that other teammate, which is why we usually look at him and we say, Hey, he is the guy in the same way. Jordan is the guy, but like it's Jordan and Pippen. And then they usually have a third guy. That's like quite a tier down. From like either Horace Grant or Dennis Rodman. For Isaiah, it's Isaiah, Dumars, Bill Russell, Adrian Dantley, and Dennis Rodman. That's five top Lambier, 200 players. Right. Lambier. Lambier. Yeah, so it, like he's got depth and quality, not yeah. that. But yeah, all right, let, let's get to David Robinson because this was another one that like consensus, traditional wisdom is with you that he's somewhere in the 20s. I actually see him somewhere in the teens on some people's things, and I just don't get it. People are on crack with that take. That's insane. <laughs> no, yeah, no, you're definitely right. Um, I had him at 20 like earlier, and I've seen him as high as like 15 because I, I know that like guys like Ben Taylor and like a lot of the like a lot of like the people that are deep into the analytics they have him in, like in like the top 15. Um, I don't feel too strongly about David Robinson. I, I guess what what moves him higher for me is simply the fact that he played in the in what I think is the best is the best big man era of the. Of all the basketball, like obviously having to uh, having to go against Hakeem, Malone, uh, Ewing, obviously he didn't play all those guys in the playoffs. But yeah, just the, just the fact that that he had all those um, accolades and and also has all the advanced stats is what moved is what moves him up a, a few spots for me. But I also do acknowledge the fact that he didn't start winning until 
many playoff series until Duncan got there. So I do understand why you would want to have him outside the top 30. But 25 is, a, is, a, is, a, is a, I think, 24 out of him, actually. Um, that's fine. But, like, I also you – know, that, that one I'm not as strongly – I don't feel strongly as about as I did with Isaiah. With, with David, it's just it's just so brief and it doesn't really get much done. It's – um. I think if I'm counting right, it's about eight seasons. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons um, before he gets hurt and he makes one conference finals. And five out of his six playoff losses are to a lower seat. It is just so disappointing. And while he's playing in the best big man era, I think you run into the issue that if he's not playing those guys like centers, the center depth isn't great. Like in, in 93 versus the Warriors, like he, they lose it's a 2-7 matchup the seven seed Warriors win. Like the team doesn't even have a center. Like 94 against the Jazz. Like Carl Malone's there, but that they also don't really have a center. And so there's there's not like 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 beating Hakeem is really hard, but like like who's who are the Jazz starting? Can you beat can you beat uh Felton Spencer? Let's go at Felton Spencer a little bit. But he just doesn't. He doesn't have these big these big games you expect when like that's the matchup. Can I put out a take? And I want you guys to tell me that I'm crazy on this. Because this is a crazy take. This is someone smoked way too much weed take. What if it's not the best center era? What if we only think that because there's no center that dominates to the level that 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 beats out the other centers? There's just like several very good centers, but like we don't think of the 60s as a dominant center era because Bill and Wilt dominated. We don't think of the 70s as a dominant center era, even though there's a lot of centers that win MVP, Will, Willis Reed, Dave Cowens, Bob McAdoo, but it's it's... Kareem dominates it. Maybe the '90s just doesn't have enough a dominant enough center that we like look at it. We're like, oh yeah, they had Patrick, they had David, they have Shaq, they have Hakeem, and maybe we we overinflate it. There's a Jordan quote about how it's a guards era now. You don't see centers dominating anymore. Uh, someone asked about Hakeem, and he's like, yeah, Hakeem's just a, a really tall shooting guard. But like once the three point line comes in, it it spaces it out, and now we we have a much more open and fluid game, and so it's less of a uh, center dominated league when, when are you suggesting would be the scent the golden age for centers because in terms of the top talent i think the 90s have that going for them but maybe you're onto something maybe in terms of uh in terms of impact like technically like the 60s ran through the centers like you see oscar robertson is one of the 15 best players ever and is the most like talented guard we had seen for the first half of the nba he's not making the playoffs because it's like they can't figure out the center position like even if you had if you had like a below average center like you were toast like walt bellamy was gonna fuck you up like you you had to take care of this stuff oh just just the thought but it's interesting yeah you know it's it's whatever we can we can think about it maybe dig in more on it um but we've got other topics and other things to discuss i don't want to belabor the point too much but chris is there anyone on the list that you really want to poke at or prod at or ask us to defend um or debate not one specifically but i did think that there was one theme that i thought was interesting was because um yeah like i have it, I have it in front of me right now but i think so like there's a handful of guys in front of me like, that are that we have like a massive difference and so the biggest one is manu ginobili second one is james worthy um then after that it goes dantley penny chris bosh is uh I think Chris Bosch, I think that one is, do I have him higher or lower? I don't know. Yeah, but then Joe Dumars, Kevin McHale. I think it's just interesting because you guys value a little more of, even though you value winning, it seems like you you also value a little more what they did as a first or second option because obviously that's extremely important. But I do think that, again, again the reason I have Isaiah higher is guys that are being able to accept the role. So like all those guys I think could have been higher, um, ha- could have more accolades if they're on a different team, but, th- but they didn't. Like I probably have... Like I didn't, my my list is as big as yours, but I probably have Clay and Draymond and Robin a little bit higher. So I just think that's 
interesting and what we look at differently there? I think there are two things that factor into this. Um, one, we include ABA guys. So just, mm-hmm. you know, when right. we're looking down, like you've got Chris Bosch 24 spots ahead of us. Ten of those guys are probably ABA guys that we've included that you haven't included. Um, so that's going to shrink the differences a little bit. The other thing is, I think it's just so much easier to be that second or third option. Like, like the hardest thing is to be the number one option leading a championship right. team. Mm-hmm. And like, I I grew up with a family friend that is uh, was an LA Times writer. And he, on VHS, recorded all of these games. And that was my childhood because he had two daughters that were the same age as my two sisters. They were my parents' best friends. We'd go over, my sisters would hang out with his girls. And he just put it in VHS and I'd watch it in 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s game game tape. Not too much of the 90s. He wasn't a Jordan guy, sadly. Uh, but so like my entire upbringing is watching a ton of the Magic Nick Lakers. And Worthy just can't do it on his own. Like he's a he's a really nice compliment to Magic. He runs the floor really well. But like if you watch series without Magic or games without Magic, Worthy just, he can't generate the offense in the same way. That efficiency drops off a ton. And like you kind of realize that, yeah, maybe if you had paired Magic with someone else, a lesser or player, a um, I'm trying to think like an average wing thing of that era, um, uh, Rodney McRae of, of the Rockets. Like, yeah, Rodney's probably not going to put up the same numbers as Worthy, but Rodney's going to put up closer to Worthy numbers playing next to Magic than uh, Worthy's going to do playing without Magic. Like, so it's just that's that's the way I kind of see it. Is is as soon as you get the guys together, their contributions to winning really go up when they're they're playing around better players. I could be convinced that Worthy should be a little bit higher. But the, the thing for like guys like Chris Bosch, like what's the most impressive thing about Bosch's career? Because I don't like I don't think it's the Miami years as good as he was. It goes back to Toronto. It's it's the it's those numbers like being the third guy while impressive, while helpful, while only so many guys can do. It, and it's an important skill to show. It doesn't move the needle all too much. If you can't do it, if you can't be the third guy, if you're like Allen Iverson or Russ Westbrook, and as soon as you're not the guy, like your head explodes, like that's something we should talk about. But right. it's the inverse, like Draymond Green. Like Draymond Green's like the third guy, which is awesome. He's the permanent third guy. He's second to third guy land until for, until the end of time. Um, and that's that's a negative on, on his part. He's never going to be able to lead a team. Like you saw in 2020, that's like the worst team in the league. It's like the worst Warriors team ever. It's like led by Draymond. Like, let's go. Um I do like where he has big games, like the eight nine finals with no magic in, in an effort not to get swept. He drops 40 on a 17 and 26 shooting. It's it's a great game. I don't know if he could have done that for an entire season, but if we never see it, you kind of can't uh, kind of can't say he would have done it. I want I wish the Lakers took Dominique instead of worthy. Obviously, that's 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 something we all would have wanted, given how awesome that would have been. But uh, not me. all right well that also kind of led me to touch on one other thing my guy we beg of you include the aba do the research do the study i know there's there's a uh a a, like i don't know there's a warping effect it's not as good of a league in the beginning but it's it's so much fun you will love i i have nothing yeah i have nothing against the aba it's it's just tough to evaluate like how how much of that 10 10 year spots and uh, it's up to it's up to our guys in the seventies as well. Just because just because half the town like, was in another league, so like just that era in that league is very very tough to rank. Which which is why be like great. unless it's all you don't done. be afraid, Chris. Don't be <laughs> afraid. It. You can do it. <laughs> Listen, you're a white man on the internet. You can say whatever the hell you want. No one's going to hold you accountable. <laughs> the more I study the ABA, the more I like realize the interplay between it and the NBA. 
like the 75 draft, Atlanta uses the number one overall pick to take David Thompson. And he's like, now nah, I'm going to go to the ABA. And they're just like straight out. They, they lose the number one pick. Like imagine how much this changes or uh, in 68, the first year of the ABA, the Cincinnati Royals take Mel Daniels and Louis Dampier in the draft. Like those two guys with Jerry Lucas and Oscar Robertson, that, that puts them in title contention. Do, do maybe the Celtics not get the 68 title? Does Oscar never go to Milwaukee? Like the ABA just has so many effects on in the NBA that like we can't ignore it. And it's not just like some other league. Like I always see people say, oh, does this mean we have to start looking at EuroLeague? No, no, no. Th- these two leagues have very direct uh, ties to each other. Well, any other top 100 stuff that you want to wanted to go into, or do we want to do our hypothetical question? Well, yeah, it doesn't really look like there's like a lot of, um, you yeah, know, like obviously there are some disagreements, but there's not many, I don't want to say personal preference, but like a, a lot of it is um, looking at what you value, but, but yeah, I'm fine with looking into the hypotheticals now. Yeah. So you, I, I don't know if you originally came up with this question or were asked it. No, no. Yeah, I was out on Twitter. No, no, I wasn't the one who came up with it. We, all three of us have the same three top 100 guys. It's Jordan, it's Kareem, and it's LeBron, not necessarily in that order. What would the NBA be like without them? And, or who would the GOATs be without them? And I think to answer that, we need to look at what the NBA would be like without them. And so I, I poised a couple of hypothetical questions for you guys to think about before we came to this. And the first one is, without Kareem, is the NBA and ABA able to force a merger in 71? And, and like, what, what does that do to the league? What do we think? I've gone off the rails with the ABA stuff. Without Kareem, I don't think the after Wilt and Russell retire, I don't think the NBA would have the punching power to to keep up with the ABA in the way they started to poach talent. By like by the time they'd get Dr. J and like George Gervin, like it's 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 not looking great for the NBA. And I don't, I'm not sure who comes along afterwards to make to make um the NBA like the merger end up being the NBA. And I think you look at like the merger end up being the ABA, maybe a bit later. Yeah, the the merger would be certainly delayed. Um, it would um it would probably have to come down to a team like the Lakers or the Celtics drafting um drafting like a generational piece. Um, I can't even um can't even think of who would it, who would it be now. Not the seventies. No one came out in the seventies, but nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not in the seventies. No, absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant by later. So like, unless they maybe it would have been like when Magic and Bird came to the NBA, and obviously like the league changed forever. Like when the two of them joined the M- the NBA, and that probably would have been the same case. Is like it probably would have been like either around that time or very shortly after was when the merger would probably happen. Such an interesting piece with the merger, though, is it's not like it's not the reason they don't merge earlier is because of monopoly issues and antitrust issues. And it's not um, that they don't want to merge because they very badly want to merge because to merge means you pay the players less, essentially. Like if there is two competing markets, it's harder to sign these guys. It's harder on a franchise. It is of the owner's benefit to have one one league. But it was viewed and the same issue happened with the AFL and the NFL. It's like is having one league a monopoly issue. We decided it's not, and I don't think we've had issues since then, but um, it's not just a talent perspective. It's, it's more of a government issue. Yeah, well, it gets the whole players' union, it gets players' rights, and the ability to negotiate a collective bargaining agreement that there are these two separate leagues. Um, but I, I do think without Kareem, we're not watching the NBA. We are watching the American Basketball Association. We have that three-point line right off the bat. I think the entire flow of the game is different. I think it's going to be a more wide open, more spaced out game. We're going to have uh, three point shooting in right away. And I, I really kind of wonder how dramatically that changes things. And I, I went through and kind of lined up all of the championships because like naturally this is going to have tons of cascading effects. Probably different teams are in different places. Uh, uh, putting that aside, 
if the Lakers still get Magic, the Celtics still get Bird, we're in the ABA with the same number of teams. Like, who does that make the GOAT? And I know, Chris, you you initially hypothesized that it was going to be Larry Bird in this case. Why, why do you go for Bird? I think what separates Bird from Magic in most people is that, yes, um, Magic may have been better, better in the playoffs. He also had, and, and I know the Kareem wasn't at his best. He also had the third best player of all time ne- next to him. And I do think that Bird, I, I think that they win the finals in 87. So that's, that takes away a ring from Magic. And I, and I do think that, that the Lakers probably lose a, at least one or two more. They, probably, they still won in 82. Um, they, and then they probably lose in 80, 88 as well, in 88. So just factoring, factoring in that, that Bird has all the MVPs. And then he also has, has a couple of rings in, in, in addition to that. I don't think any anyone is as dominant is, is as dominant as him as short as as his peak as his peak would have been. I don't think that anyone would would have been as good as him. And and between accolades and winning and and skill, he would be the goal in my opinion. It's a great argument. Going through it, I had to think about whether the bird had owned the eighties more. The other one was like Kevin Durant owning the twenty tens with no LeBron. Like what's what's stopping him? I don't think I think Durant's career looks a lot different given that. But with Bird, like you're you're talking about those early like the, the matchups with the Lakers being flipped essentially because the Lakers probably aren't there with no Kareem like he was such an important part towards the end like he's making all-star appearances but after 86 like he's he's very very old then we're never gonna we don't really see that kind of contributions they could probably replace that so I still think they, they make the finals and obviously 91 but in 88 as well and they probably I think they probably still win that one um, Magic's in the top 10 we'll still say but Bird is probably one or two. Well, I think the interesting thing about Magic is then when we get into there's no Michael Jordan, does this now mean Magic gets to control a little bit more of the 90s? You know, Jordan gets the 88 MVP. I think that probably goes to Bird. Bird was second. The 91 MVP, that probably now goes to Magic. Now Magic has three straight MVPs uh, for her total overall. He probably also gets the 91 championship. Um, and we touched on it earlier. Do the Lakers maybe now draft Dominique instead of James Worthy? Be like, there's still a chance that Magic and Dominique are winning titles in those later years. But I do think, yeah, historically, what we know, if if things don't change as much, you know, say Jabbar is drafted, he's just not quite as good uh, to kind of keep things in the same relative sphere. Bird probably outpaces Magic, but I think I think there's a real chance that we consider Julius Irving the GOAT but at this point. Because one, I mean, the ABA is now the superior league. Two... Who, if they either merge earlier or um, you don't have Kareem, Julius is getting a second NBA MVP and probably two more titles because those 76ers teams early, we no longer have Kareem stopping them. I think that there's a a legitimate case that uh, it's Irving stock that bounces up the most. I'm honestly, that's where I landed. That's where I landed. And it came from not only is like, does he get the 82 championship or does he get the 80 championship both over the Lakers? Um, or the, the absence of the Lakers, you're talking about legitimizing his ABA rings, like 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the best. Because like, right now, you look at those, and it's like, yeah, three straight MVPs in the ABA. One of them was, is like a co-MVP, and it's also like the not the best league. But now that that's the better league, that's the league that had all the talent in it, it'd be four MVPs in total, and then uh, and then three or four championships. And, you've, and that's, that's, uh, that's about what Bird would be getting in. How many? Yeah, five. Although Bird yeah. would be getting five, or Bird would be getting four yeah. straight, 84, 85, yeah. 86, and 87, which that is a mm, lot that's of a four consecutive four. rings. Okay, yeah. 
Okay. I I think that's that's the one and two. Like that's that's where I landed. It has to be the other um those two. But also like well, why not like what with Russell? Like he we have him at four. With Jordan Kareem and LeBron gone, is Russell Russell's eleven rings now are like insanity. Like no one's like is anyone So my thing on Russell is What's holding him back from being the GOAT now? It's He has the 11 rings. He has the five MVPs. Um, I know I mentioned my case against him was he wasn't as as much of a threat on, on offense. I think what truly holds him back from most people, and and I know that we try not to air attacks, but that's what most people do. And yeah. I don't think they're, especially today, I, 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 as even though LeBron, there's no Braun, MJ, or Kareem, I, I don't think anyone would be really considering Russell the GOAT for those reasons, which is why I, I really think that that four is a, is a guy that people would still have him even, even without those three guys. Yeah, totally fair. I would also say that with Russell, losing the other three doesn't help his case in any way, shape, or form. Right. So, like, Russell Russell produces the same career. Uh, another fun, interesting thing was when we went through the MVPs to try to see who who picks up the extra MVPs without uh, Kareem, Jordan, and LeBron. Jerry West ends up with two. Just all things equal, he came in that, second yeah. into Kareem twice. Uh, so I think that's a fun one. Like, as Jerry West now considered a top 10 player because he gets two rings and two MVPs, there's definitely a chance. It's a, yeah, I mentioned him in my video, but we haven't even talked about Tim Duncan yet. He's 6-0 in the finals. Like, like, and that's yeah. MJ's main argument right now. Like, um, And I know that MJ, I know that Duncan would only have three or four finals MVPs, but six, you can't argue with 6-0. And, and also the guy who's either the second or third best defender of, of all time on probably the best dynasty of all time, like without MJ. I'll push back a little bit on Duncan, and this is this is kind of arbitrary, but this is where I landed. So much of that 2014 ring is pure anger and hatred over the 2013 loss. Very I true. just don't. I don't think they go back to back. I know we're trying not to try not to go too butterfly effect, but that I felt like the 2014 Spurs like raged on the Heat because they lost in 2013. Like if they win in 2013, maybe it's it's like not as big of a deal to them in a sense like i think those guys would have rather died than not been able to avenge that that ray allen shot yeah that's a fair fair case so maybe duncan still only ends up with five championships but the way i kind of broke down championship wise bill russell still ends up with six uh kareem jordan zero how many for russell wilt still ends up with 11 uh kareem try one more time for me name what are we talking about (laughs) bill russell 11 rings okay that's sorry. That's the first time you said Wilt, and then you. Just, I don't know. You, you, oh go my ahead. God. Go ahead. Okay. Fumigate the house today. Still might be some <laughs> of these teams. Always gotta have something high, on, high up his ass on 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 flea bombs. All right. So Bill gets eleven. Uh, Jordan and Jabbar drop down to zero. With that, Pippen also goes down to zero. I think Magic only gets like two rings in this new world. Two. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I, I also I agree with it simply because that helps my that helps my bird case. But keep, keep going. Yeah. Well, it's just. It's tough, yeah. Magic wasn't the driving force for the first couple of rings. Um, and then those those later 80s ones, those were really close series. I mean, they go to Game 7 in the Western Conference Finals against Dallas. If you don't have Jabbar, you've just got like a replacement-level center in Jabbar's stead. Like, I don't know that you pass them. I don't know that you pass the, the Pistons. Yeah, Game 6 of, of, of 88. Um, obviously, there's the controversial foul call and, and who's shooting the free throw. Scream. Like, yeah. 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 Yes, yes. Yeah, I you know Kobe doesn't actually get any extra rings. Duncan maybe gets the one. Shaq doesn't get anything extra. Um, yeah, I think Curry might end up with five, depending on does Durant still join the Warriors. That's the that's that's the driving force of the argument because of like of like that KD versus Curry argument. Because the reason I have KD ahead of Curry is because I I think that Curry 
ended the Steph, the Steph versus KD argument after winning in 22. But KD still has the longevity. He, he's more consistent for, for longer. He would have had the ring in 2012. He would have, KD would have four MVPs, by the way. We didn't even mention that part. He finished second place MVP winning to LeBron. So I think KD would, like, I don't know if he'd have a go case. He would have a top three, five argument, though. Yeah. I, I think without Durant or without LeBron, one of those Wade seasons might steal one of Durant's MVPs. Um, hmm. Just looking at it, there's the, there's that chance. Uh, it's, it's hard to know for certain, but like butterfly effect. So I, I tried to go a little bit looser with some of these. Um, I thought one thing really interesting is looking at the 90s without Jordan, there really is no second dominant team. I've got the Lakers picking up the 91 ring. I think the Knicks actually take the 92 ring. They played the Bulls a lot better than the Blazers did. Uh, I think 93 goes to Phoenix. 94, 95, Houston. Uh, 96, I think Seattle gets it. 97 is Utah. And then I do think 98 is going to be the Indiana Pacers. I think they were a superior team than the Utah Jazz. Really? The 98 Jazz are pretty good. Yeah. Interesting. Um, They win like 64 games. Yeah, they're old as shit, though. Pacers played the the Bulls a lot tougher. They forced them to game seven. Their overall statistics, if we use the Bulls in the playoffs as a measuring stick, Indiana outplayed Utah. Since we don't have like a direct, they played each other um, comparison. And then I think the regular season series was split between the two teams. That's kind of how I based these: is okay. who played better against the champion. Yeah, that'd be yeah. That's yeah, yeah, interesting way of looking at it. The Jazz would have busted the Pacers. I'm sorry, Nate. <laughs> you think you think Carl Malone is going to run around and chase his Reggie Miller? He doesn't have to. They were the, they were the best offense in the league. They were one of, like by adjusted by the adjusted offensive rating that the '98 Jazz were one of the best offenses ever. I think like top ten. Then why don't they play the Bulls better? Why did, they, why did they the Pacers? Took them, they, they took them. They took them to six. What are you talking? They took the ninety Bulls to six games. Pacers took them to seven. Yeah, that's true. I, that's that's a one game difference. I'm not gonna go there. And also, game game six came came down to MJ hitting the like hitting hitting the most clutch shot of all time. So it's it's very close. I won't die on it. Fifty fifty. Yeah, fifty fifty. Although I do think it's an interesting uh, case for Reggie, and that's yeah. I, I think a lot of those guys. You, know, you get Barkley a ring, you get Peyton a ring as the the number one guy, as opposed to what is O six ring as a, a starter with the Heat. It's it's an interesting hypothetical to think how this changes. But we have either Bird or Julie Serving's probably number one, and right. I think I'm that there. I'm gonna have to. I think I'm gonna have to skip this this part of the video when I'm showing my, showing my dad this because he might have a heart attack of, of, of any argument for Doctor J over Bird. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's deep Celtics hatred or um, Sixers hatred. Yeah, yes, he's a very typical 80 Celtics fan. Celtics fan, yes, very deep hatred for the Lakers and the Sixers. Well, here, let me make it better for him. Maybe in this hypothetical, Julius never leaves the Nets. That's Maybe true. this is, uh, yeah, this is is the super yeah. her team ABA era because they've they've killed the NBA. So you know, just just hypothetical. Maybe maybe your dad is a little bit a little bit happier with that. <laughs> I think three and four sounds like we're we're going with the combination of either Duncan or Russell in there. Probably. So yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'd go. I'd go Duncan. Nah, I'd probably go Russell, Duncan, and then Durant. Honestly. Yeah, Durant with the four potential MVPs is a maybe three, four titles. I think there's zero chance that he joins the Warriors if he wins in 2012. Yeah, sure. So it's, it, it is very tough to t- tough to tell. Which also, if they win in 2012, they probably don't trade away James Harden. Like you don't break up no, championship not at team. All. No, like, not at all. And you run into like with the Heatles not being a thing, like they could just they could be better than those Spurs teams and, and, and make those finals and win those. And so maybe maybe the Duncan case falls yeah. apart, but Yeah. Which also if you've got 
the super thunder, Durant, Westbrook, McCarden, maybe the Warriors don't never get their rings. Now you don't have the Curry case. It's it's interesting to say the least, is to think about this. Maybe, you know, Wilt is a guy who's not affected by this as much. So Wilt and Shaq are probably our next couple of guys at like six and seven, because they're at least the ones that we, we know what they are. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many spots Kobe would move up. Like, obviously, those that have Kobe number three, they'd have him at number one at this point. But would, we all have Kobe at number nine. Would he be number six? I, I, I think he'd still be, like, around, like, the eight-nine area, like, regardless of what happens here. He doesn't gain anything. He doesn't yeah. gain anything from this. Yeah. It's like him and yeah. Shaq are kind of kind of treading water. Yeah, and we had Shaq at – yeah, I guess uh, you're, you're six, Shaq right? at yeah. six, and then Kobe would be, like, seventh right behind that. And I don't think Akeem gets anything from this. And Nope. No, so then Wilt comes in at eight. Maybe Hakeem is is then at nine, just because. Yeah. You could look at him and say first. he's now the best player of the nineties. Yeah. Maybe Magic is still considered better, so maybe Magic's nine and in this Hakeem in this timeline, 10. Magic does not get sick. He he avoids he avoids whatever causes that he does not get sick. He plays until two thousand five. Speaking of, do you, do you know who also gains a couple a couple more rings with MJ and Kareem being gone? Is that Isaiah Thomas? That's true. That's he a might, good point. He might get one extra ring. He gets eighty-eight. Yeah, and then he gets they get obliterated in ninety-one. Yeah, eh, yeah, yeah. Probably one, one or two. Go four, four, four ring action for Isaiah Thomas. That's that's definitely a top. Uh, so, so that means it's oh, top, top three, that's, right? that's three. That's three rings. Yeah, and that's also who ends up with the final was MVP at this point. Who's the best player on this team? Because does Dantley win in eighty-eight? Dantley was good. You it got it, the eighty-eight. He run for for Isaiah is not a good final. Let's run. Aside from the sprained ankle, the heart forty point masterpiece of a game. If you've not watched it, if you're listening to this, you've not watched it. Go YouTube. Go pirate this game. It is one of the greatest games. The guy that uh, I grew up watching Lakers film or his Lakers film, he threw out a lot of games that weren't Lakers wins. Um, so like my childhood is just Lakers winning every single game watching these VHSs. And I got to that game and I watched it and I was like, man, he's like, yeah, I, you know, you got to keep that game. I, th- I think the Lakers won it, but it was just like, like a shockingly good game. I was like, man, there are other great players. He's like, yeah, I got, I got to keep some of these just ridiculously good games. Like I, I was fully indoctrinated as a youth, like only watched just dominant Laker wins. And then that game comes along and kind of changes some things. All right. Go ahead, Nate, lead us away. Well, I was going to say, I just wanted to, to recap top 10 and now won't fight you too hard, but I, I say Julius. But Julius or Bird, number one. Number, there's a three and four, either Bill and Duncan probably go either way. Who do we have at five? KD. Durant? Yeah, Durant. I'll say KD. Then Shaq. Or Shaq. Yeah, then Shaq. Kobe. Maybe uh, Steph. Maybe he's Steph, but. It's tough. Hakeem would be like Hakeem and then uh, Wilton. Well, Hakeem. Well, like I said, we have uh, Steph Magic. About, about both those guys. I don't know. It's so, so it's hard yeah. to keep a hypothetical running in my head. Yes, it is because what all else changes. But yeah, it's an interesting thing. Thing. But all right, that's enough hypotheticals. That's enough past talk. Chris, you you have outed yourself as a Celtics fan multiple times in this episode. What's what's your diagnostic diagnosis uh, of what the Celtics are going to look like this upcoming season? Are are we getting Banner sixteen and in, in TD North Bank? Been or 18, but yes, we are. Um, so. Uh, uh, fuck you, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> so I seem to be in the minority when I say that um, as much as people are concerned that Marcus Smart is going to be uh, a loss in the locker room and for like the emotional issues, I'm more concerned with how we're going to miss him on the court, actually, because 
in the regular season last year, he did take a step back from 2022. But that being said, his playmaking ability has only gone up every year. He's he's not a good playmaker. He, he became an, an elite playmaker come playoff time, and he has like multiple 20-point games. He was clearly, clearly the one running that offense. And also the facts, love Jalen Brown to death. He played much better with Marcus Martin on the floor. So that's going to be a big um, that's going to be a big question mark and a big big shoes that Derek White is going to have to fill in there. So that's my biggest concern. Obviously, other big, big concerns are the health of our three big men in Porzingis, Rob, and Horford. Horford really doesn't get injured. He's just old, though. So those two, those two things are the big, big concerns. But if things work out, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about, about White, Brown, or Tate, uh, Brown a little bit, uh, White or Tatum at all. And I think that the Tatum and Porzingis pick and roll is going gonna, is gonna to be one of the best in the league. I'd say maybe even second to LeBron and AD. So I would say out of, out of the East, I think the team that I'm still most, most concerned about is Miami, simply because they're probably going to get Dame. And obviously, obviously Milwaukee is always going to be a threat, whether or not they underachieve in the playoffs. So I do, I do like our chances. I, I do think that they, I do think that they're the favorites to win the East as of now. And the finals... Who know? Who knows what'll happen at West? Like obviously the Nuggets are the favorite as of now, but anything anything can happen out there. Interesting thought about the pick and roll with uh, with Tatum and Porzingis. I wasn't expecting that to be where you're going with this because I, I just I don't think of uh, I don't think of, think of of Porzingis as that much of a pick and roll guy. Like I know he had really good post up stats this last year, but I was trying to pull up what his uh, his roll numbers were. Right here, pick and pop stuff. I mean, it's with Tatum having the ball in his hands. With the roll guy can do anything, like it's going to be pretty dangerous. If he can, if he can pop, if he can, if he can roll the basket, I'd be interested. I had him at a, I had him at fifty three wins, and then I ended up getting bullied into adding more uh, wins for the Raptors, and so I took him down to fifty, uh, fifty two. I have him as a three seed behind the Bucks and the Cavs. Like I'm, I'm so optimistic. Honestly, I would have had him like fifty six, like fifty seven wins, but the Kristaps injury, like the foot injury, like they made us not have that guy. Like it, that might happen where he yeah. rolls out there, fucks his foot up, and he's just gone. Um, he's not exactly a, a beacon of health. Uh, he's already got the plantar fasciitis already going on. Yeah, the like, yeah, only thing with that I'll say is that I I do think that um the the, the fact that the fact that KP played more games last year than he did than he has since he tore his ACL, the sign of optimism. Sure. And, and, and yeah, like his, his foot is obviously going to be a, a concern, but I'm hoping that hoping that if Rob and Al stay healthy as well, then he won't have to really play on it too much. But let's see what happens there. Yeah, fingers crossed. I do think it's it's a worthy gamble to go for because I don't think if they had run it back, they were going to have success. And like I think this the the Porzingis move both raises the ceiling and lowers the floor. Yes. Like there there's a chance that this just implodes and he's not healthy and Rob Williams isn't healthy. Derek White's been good, but they end up missing Marcus Smart a lot more than they anticipate. I don't know that they completely fall below 40 wins. Like I don't even with as much wild injury history. Like as long as Tatum and Brown are healthy, you're still getting 45 wins. But I do think that uh, it, it could be disappointing and it it could be a championship. I think they've reopened that window that wasn't uh wasn't looking as open the last couple of years or last year at least well like every championship team ends up making like, like makes a move like a, a move that like it's usually pretty polarizing like obviously the the, the bucks the bucks gave up a lot for drew holiday the raptors obviously tra- tra- traded for Kawhi. i'm not everyone would have done that given the fact that he was that he was coming up in injury season obviously um kp has more injury concerns but yeah i'm, I'm hoping that this is that this is the move that um put, puts them over the top because 
I still say, like, I don't think I would have done that trade. Like, I, I, Marcus Smart is one of my favorite players of all time. I think he's um, best perimeter defender in the league with the, with the, with the lead. Th- those guys don't grow on trees, but at the same time, and, and as much as I wanted to say, run it back, you, you got to be, you got to be, be willing to, to make risks uh, to win a championship. And if it doesn't work out, then it doesn't work out. But obviously, you could, obviously, Brad's going to have to face the flashback for that if they end up losing. So we'll see what happens there. It got stale. I feel like what Boston was doing got stale, especially in the half-court offense in the playoffs, when that started breaking down and it was just so Tatum and Brown ISO heavy, hmm. like the Celtics could rain threes like no other team could, but when those weren't falling, it was like, what do we do now? Like, what's, what's our game plan, guys? And Porzingis has such such an interesting like depth piece mm-hmm. in terms of a guy you actually can like throw the ball down low to and that can really space the floor. Like He takes pretty deep threes out there. I, I loved the trade, honestly. I, I'm scared because of his foot, but I thought it was a great great move yeah i yeah i hope you're right but um yeah like it, 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 it's really t- yeah it's, it's it's always tough to to, to trade a, to trade a guy that's that's been with the team and, and and has been and has loved and he's loved every every moment here as well like they've made the playoffs every year he's um been three time i think it's three time all defense defensive player of the year and yeah well, yeah it'll be interesting to see what, what what's happened and one thing I did, one thing i didn't mention is that uh the coaching edition of sam cassell i think is going to be huge as well because even yeah, even though even though I don't think that Joe Mazzulla was as bad as a lot of people say he was, I do think that he was. Like, there was a clear lack lack of experience there because not only was he was he promoted, uh, head coach was fired. Um, Greg Cardi, one of the assistant coaches, had to step away. That other, oh, gee, I forgot his Damon name. Damon was that? Yeah, 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 Damon yeah, yeah, yes, Damon Yeah, he left middle of the year. So just yeah, picking up multiple assistant coaches with experience, I think is going to be huge for the team and really going to diversify their offense. I agree. Now the coaching part is huge. Go ahead, Nate. They did lose one of my favorite things. I think every championship team needs one of these. And that's a just complete crazy person. I think every championship team has a little bit of that, whether it's Draymond Green or it's Meta World Peace or it's Steven Jackson, like Dennis Rodman. Every true championship team has someone who's a little bit just kind of off the rocker. Who's the craziest person left on the Celtics? Craziest person left in the Celtics. Um, not only did they lose their first craziest person, they lost their second craziest person in Grant Williams as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and I think he got a little overrated towards the end as well. But I'm going through the death chart now. I don't even know. Not a lot of edge. I'll, I want to ask how Grant Williams. Um, we had a West preview podcast a few uh, a few days ago, or that will come out on Sunday, and we talked about Williams' impact on the Mavericks going forward. Like, do you like that the addition for them? Because I, I felt like for a team that so desperately needed defense, like Grant Williams seems like the right call. Yeah. Or are you just are you out? No, like I don't. I don't think I don't think Grant's a bad player by any means, but I also do think that there were a lot of Celtics fans who were up in arms when like when they got rid of him for and then get, didn't get a, t- a ton back. Yeah, he's a he's a great corner three point shooter. He and he played great defense on Giannis. But he he's a he's a he also caused a lot of headaches as well and yeah and he's a lovable guy like Tatum loves him but he also he also had like a fair share of of like boneheaded moments where he would yeah, he would like either take a bad shot he would miss a defensive rebound he had that moment against the Cavs where he where he said I, I'm gonna make them both and then miss both free throws and yeah like obviously you had to take all the good like all the bad if you're gonna take the good as well yeah I, I definitely think that Grant is a net positive and he's gonna and we're gonna miss him certainly culturally but. I don't. Yeah, like I, I don't know how much I don't know how much of a loss it is, but yeah, he'll help the maps for sure, especially for a team that didn't make the playoffs. I'm all in. I think he's going to be defensive player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> not, not really, not actually. I wish like we had talked about whether I'd rather have Grant Williams or Davion Mitchell. Like for my my own Sacramento Kings, I want 
I want Grant Williams, like a bigger defender, but the Celtics will miss that piece. But it did feel like they were kind of clinging on to like a bit of an era change. Like Marcus Smart is like with Derek White, like who is the starting guard, like which guard closes games and Grant Williams, like getting DMPs and then playing a bunch and then not playing. Yeah, like they were just yeah. unsure about the roster. And with more assistant coaching, more uh, certainty, I think their championship ceiling is better than last year, but uh, their regular season win total might be lower just just because uh, injury. And that's, uh, that's where I'm at. One last thing that comes down to, if Jason Tatum plays plays like slightly above average in the finals in 2022, and Jalen Brown plays slightly above average in the 2023 Eastern Ground Finals, we're having completely different conversations. We can talk about all the depth pieces, and those are very, very important. It all matters whether your best player is sharp or not. So that's, that's what it's gonna, truly going to get down to, as much as I... I, I love the, I love the Jays more than anyone. Like you guys see my videos, I, 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 I'll I'll give them props all the time. They, they need to show up in the big games. That, that's what it's going to come down to at the end of the day. We're not we're not having that different of conversations. Denver's rolling over the Celtics as easily as they <laughs> rolled over for the Heat. Come on, I guess we so. all we uh, all hail Jokic's supremacy. No, he is both the no, greatest player the- on the team and the crazy person on the team. He's he's somehow combined the two. Yeah, I, I like the Celtics' chances better than the Heat and the Heat. The Heat, you knew the Heat could have lost in, in three games if they could. It just, they didn't have it. What's because they didn't have Caleb Martin scoring, shooting 65% from three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, what, that, that's why they lost. The, if only they could have pulled that out. They should They should have tried that again. What were they thinking? Why didn't they do that again? Just a tactical error. Yeah, some coach that's yeah. closer is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, it's been great having you on the pod. Uh, I want to give you one more chance to plug your socials and anything else. Uh, go for it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, guys. Um, but yeah, my yeah, like I'm very active on, on social. I'll be even more active during the during the season. My TikTok is is at All American Hooper, and my Twitter is at American Hooper. And uh, same thing for my Instagram, All American Hooper as well. I put up a lot of polls there, uh, a lot of polls there, probably a couple couple times a week. And I also have a column on PrimetimeSportsTalk.com as as well. You can just look up All American Hooper through, through their websites. And yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all I got. But thanks a lot, guys, for having me on. And I hope you be back on soon. Excellent. Good having you. Find me at Nate underscore Hoops Temple on TikTok. Uh, Aaron, where can people find you? Possible chairs on TikTok. And that's it. Well, this and that podcast and this podcast. I do that and this podcast. And that is it. Not too hard of a plug. Good. Hope to hear from you guys soon. Yeah.